If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Hey everyone, Seth Meyers here. Last week we had Chris Evans on our show to talk about the new civic engagement website he co-founded, a startingpoint.com. After I spoke with Chris, I had more questions about the site's background and mission. So we asked Chris and his co-founder, Mark Kasten, to come on the Late Night Podcast to go deeper about their project. Here's my conversation with Chris and Mark. So, uh, Chris, you were on the show last week, and we talked about this new endeavor that you started with Mark Kasten. Mark, it's so nice to speak to you as well. Thanks, Ed. Likewise. So, uh, since you're here, we have both of you. Tell us a little bit about it, and then um, I'll ask you some questions. Sure. Well, it's, it's called The Starting Point. It's a civics engagement project that Mark and I have been working on for a few years now. Designed, well, there, there's multi there's, there's multi-functions. We, we hope that it ultimately creates engagement, participation. You know, the, the more people are involved in the political process, we think, the better. I think one of the things you told me on the show, Chris, is that sometimes when you're watching cable news, you have a lot of talking heads who are interrupting each other. You have provided a platform for our elected leaders to speak without interruption. Uh, Mark, was that one of the things that drew you to this idea? Yeah, I mean, you know, the idea evolved. and Originally, it really had one function, which is, well, the idea was to demystify government and to be able to inform without having other people's narrative injected in it. So it started around that. And then it evolved into these two other sections, which were daily points and counterpoints. Um, but we always kind of held true to the idea of how do we use our knowledge and experience in media and audience, but then take our voice out of it. And so, you know, that idea, that's really what has kept us engaged. It's kind of been our North Star, which is, you know, just make sure that the electorate can be closer to the folks uh, who elected them. How long have you two known each other? Uh, Mark and I met in the end of 2009, because it was the very beginning of 2010. Mark directed me in a movie called Puncture, uh, the beginning of 2010. And we've just been buddies ever since. And Mark is just a very... Uh, He's very type A, you know, he's he, actually, you're one of like the most organized, messy guys I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you are so, like Mark just gets things done, but in a very like hurricane type way. Um, but but he just, he, he's only happy when he has about 15 balls in the air. Um, and he's just really good at getting things on their feet. And Mark, 
having known Chris for uh, for a decade, were you surprised when he called you with an idea and that idea was sort of an online political dictionary or is that what you had come to expect from him? No, well, you know, it's funny. Is people don't really realize that Chris doesn't know many other people. <laughs> oh, right, I see. I only have like two friends <laughs> and one's my mom. <laughs> Actually, he called me because he realized, you know what, Mark might, yeah, Mark might call me back. And so we started there. And then once once that happened, I wasn't actually. In fact, to be honest, Chris, you know, has called about a few things over the years. And we have a few things that we, you know, we're, we're working on. And this one in particular, I just kind of, in fact, he's blamed me throughout the process. You didn't give up. Like, why the hell do we have, you forced me to do this? I'm like, no, no, you had the idea. But I was so inspired, not just by the idea, but honestly, it literally is a part of Chris's voice and his personality that people probably don't see. And, and so, you know, what's really cool is when you get to exercise an idea that actually maximizes somebody's intellect. And that's what this kind of did with Chris's idea. And so once I kind of was, well, I have to make sure we get this done, man, because how do we not realize this thing where you have something to say and you have actually a part to play in something that the world could use. We could truly be of service uh, with using what you built and where you also could grow into. And so, yeah, I was, I got really inspired. So obviously the whole project, the purpose would have been defeated if you could not get both parties to participate because you're trying very hard to, you know, present without editorializing. And I assume that Republicans were more wary of this, you know, even in your opening trailer, you hear a Republican on the phone saying that they've been burned by Hollywood in the past. Um, you know, I live in New York, so I don't know anything about that. Um, but did, did you feel like that was an important breakthrough? And how did you go about gaining the trust of the people that were going to participate? Yeah, I mean, honestly, when we went, we had three people the first time and one Republican, Lisa Murkowski. I don't know. She probably thought it was something else. I don't know why she showed up. I don't even know how we got her. Yeah, yeah I mean... <laughs> For sure. In fact, people, I think we said it in the video, people literally thought it was a bot. And actually some folks who work for us now that used to work for Republican members of the House said that when they got it, they, I don't know, can you swear on this podcast? Yeah, you can swear on this podcast. They said they read it the first time and they said no. They said they read it the second time and they said hell no. And they said they read it the third time and said no, stop bringing this stupid <laughs> to me. And so that's kind of what we had to battle, right? And there was some pushback. Yeah. yeah. But we did it by just honestly asking more questions and telling people what we wanted from them. Lisa helped. And anytime someone asked us, we said, please tell someone that Chris isn't here to vilify you on Twitter. And, and by not doing that, they said yes. And then honestly, Cory Booker asking Tim Scott to, uh, to do it. That really helped and, and helped put us over the top in the first. I think it was, was it the first trip, Chris, or was it the second trip? I don't remember. Was that the first trip? I think it might have been the second trip, but I can't remember. And then quickly we filled up, and then and now it's a, it's a real even mix, which is cool. I like the idea that Chris is actually too famous to be believable as someone who would email a congressman. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm bot status. Like, if you get an email from me, there's a chance it's a bot. Yeah. It's a weird situation where it's almost like, Mark, I think this might be better if you ask. Well, by the way, that is true. We have thought about that because, you know, and this is a testament to Chris, but the reason we're friends is we're, really, we're like blue collar artists, you know, we're basic people. And so when you start having a conversation, sometimes you don't realize, or at least I don't, maybe because I'm more naive, the effect you're having may not necessarily help you just by trying to talk to someone directly. So, I mean, and to be, to be fair, between uh, our other partner, Joe Chiani, and a bunch of people who work for us, 
they're really the ones that made sure that people would take us seriously in the beginning. You know, Joe went and used a lot of his personal relationships to ask people to give us a shot. So that none of this would have happened without that. And then we have a few other folks that maybe we shouldn't name because they seem to get really embarrassed who we used to work at DC, who we hoodwinked. In fact, the person on the phone that you hear Chris like trying to convince or being ridiculed, we eventually hired her. Screw it, Kaylin, we eventually hired her. And, and she kind of holds us accountable and helps people, you know, like, like any of us do in our business, helped other people believe us or at least give us a shot to, to be believed. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. There is something to be said for the fact that uh, I think when people think about celebrities getting involved in sort of civic-minded things like this, that they also are just maybe a little bit in love with the camera. Chris, based on my time on the website, you are not on camera at all, uh, to your credit. No. <laughs> uh, you really are showing up with a camera crew and uh, standing behind uh, the camera, allowing uh, politicians to give their take on different issues. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm one of those people who kinds of uh, turn off when I hear someone that I may not deem qualified tell me how I should think or feel about politics, you know. So I, I, knew, I knew that wasn't my lane and, and that, that wasn't the goal, you know? So, I mean, I think, yeah, Mark, what we, this, out of like 170 some odd people we interviewed, I think I interviewed like 162 of them personally. So. No, 169, I did one, I know I did oh, two. Yeah, you yeah. did two actually. Yeah, you, you were in the bathroom for one and then one you had to go. For, I had to leave, yeah. yeah. It, I, so, so yeah, I was, I was uh, you know, I was present for, for all these interviews, but, but yeah, the goal is to, to keep me out of it, you know? we. We use me where we need me, you know, to try and convince people to do it and then to try to convince people to go check it out. But beyond that, we wanted to remove my perspective, my opinions from the mechanism completely because who gives a what I think, really? Well, I will say that's, uh, that's both uh, very humble for you to say. And I will say there are very few celebrities that aim for present but invisible. So I do, <laughs> I do my cap to that. Man, that's like, that's, that's going to be the title of my book, Present But Invisible. Yeah, yeah. I, look, I'm just quoting you back. I'm just quoting you back. I don't know, do we steal that? <laughs> Two things can come out of this. I don't know if you have a, uh, if anybody listens, but if nobody listens to the podcast, I'd A, like to have nobody know that Chris isn't in the website. And then B, I like to steal that term, present but invisible. Yes, please. I should note, because um, Chris, let's be honest. I mean, I don't take it personally because I believe this is across the entire platform. Uh, Chris, you don't love being on talk shows. No, I like being on your talk show, and that's the truth. That's very kind of you to say. That's the truth. That's not just my time in D.C. talking. I'm not just giving the political answer. <laughs> I really, really do enjoy it. You're, you're always my, my favorite. 
I will say we're also taking advantage. This is um, this is both a podcast, but we are doing it on Zoom because it's nice to look at each other. And uh, <laughs> you know, some of us are enjoying some adult beverages because it's the end of the day, and it's nice to uh, yeah. be uh, be talking in our natural state, the way we'd like to be having a conversation. That's right. That's right. When are we going to do one of those shows? Don't you do those shows where you get boozed up? Come on. When do we do one of those? Yeah, we do day drinking. Day drinking. I always worry about doing day drinking with anyone from uh, New England. I feel like we don't have the insurance. Turn into night drinking. It'll turn into tomorrow drinking. <laughs> Are there any um, uh, politicians that you weren't aware of that you were, you know, I, again, I, I don't want to venture into dangerous territory of saying who you were impressed by, because again, you're not trying to pick favorites, right? Are there people that you uh, appreciated hearing from that maybe you would not have known anything about had they not participated? You know who I really loved? Uh, and she's kind of blown up this year too, was uh, Katie Porter. Yeah. She was. Great man, I had never, I didn't, I didn't know much about her, and she came in and just, just nailed her interview, just knocked it so, so affable and, and open, direct, coherent, just everything I would have hoped. You know, I'd been just spending ten minutes with her. I was like, "Yep, you're a leader, and I will follow you." And you know what's funny about that is when we started, we started right after, uh, I think, right after a bunch of the people in this freshman congressional class was elected. Right. And and Chris, you know, you have honestly more experiences than me. I don't know if you were surprised, but. I was shocked at how nervous some of the people were because we were on their turf. We shot in the Capitol uh, and they gave us a nice little corner recording studio. And some of them, especially the first people, and they, some of them would say, I'm new at this, you know, and I won't say who, and, and which was kind of very sweet. Katie Porter came in like a law professor and just took us to school. Like she'd been working for four months. She'd been there. Well, it's interesting. I always feel like um, this is true of politicians on my show who were at some point in their life teachers or authors who've been on my show who are teaching now, teachers are incredibly good at rounding off an answer quickly. And one of the things to give credit to your site again is you give people one minute and that is a really nice amount of time to tell a politician they have to talk. Because when I have them on my show, and this is a nonpartisan criticism of politicians, they will talk as long as they can until yeah. you make them stop. Oh, believe me. They, when we said a minute, they made it seem like I offered them five seconds. They were like, <laughs> a minute? What can we do with a minute? <laughs> How do you let them know a minute is up? Do you have a light? Do you we, we, yeah, we did. Mark would sit behind the camera and give little, you know, 10-second signal, five-second, try and wrap it up. Some people were, were very uh, conscious of that. Some people did not give a f <laughs> Yeah, I think that is, uh, that is what I've found in my time talking to politicians. <laughs> um, I, uh, I really uh, appreciate what you guys do with the site. Uh, thank you so much for making time uh, for our podcast. Uh, this has been our, uh, this is our first COVID podcast interview, and uh, I really hope they all go this well. Uh, thank you, Chris, and thank you, Mark. Absolutely. Take care, pal. Thanks, Ed. Likewise. Thanks, gentlemen. Late Night with Seth Meyers airs weeknights on NBC at 1235, 11:35 Central. Original music on the Late Night podcast is by the HE Band. Don't forget to follow the handle Late Night Seth on social media and tell your friends to subscribe to the Late Night podcast wherever they get their podcasts. Hey, grown-ups! The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishbowl podcast studio from the cat in the hat himself. And it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast. And those plans are the opposite of quiet. 
Sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic tongue twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Wondery Kids Plus on Apple Podcasts today.